Welcome to the Dauntless Grace Exchange. I'm Deidre. And I'm Megan. And we have a repeat guest on today. Uh, One of my favorite people to talk to is Tammy Sullenberger, who has her own IFS podcast. And on the day that we're recording this, Tammy, I just want to point out that it was one year ago yesterday that I first heard the word internal family systems and Googled that on podcast app, found your podcast, listened to an episode, immediately called Deidre and said, we have to learn about this stat. So happy one year anniversary to my finding you and learning about this whole amazing IFS thing. Happy birthday. I am just so excited for you. (laughs) What's the last year been like for you finding out about your own internal system and getting to know your parts? Oh gosh. Um, yeah, uh, intense and good and eye-opening, I would say. I mean, I would, if you'd asked me, you know, a year and two days ago, I would have said, oh, Deidre and I have already figured out all the tools that we need. Like we haven't done all the work yet, but we have all the tools (laughs) at our disposal that we need to keep doing the work. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much more. Like there are so many more tools. And it's so, I just said this to somebody the other day, but I love that the Enneagram plays so nicely with all of these other tools. Yeah. Like we can fold them into what we're doing without being like, okay, we're done with the Enneagram. Now let's move on. Like it, they work so nicely together. So I, anyway, it it feels fitting that after a year you're back and it's not like we haven't talked to you in a year. I, I text you more often than I probably should text someone um, who lives in New Hampshire and is like a paid therapist and not my therapist, but (laughs) you know, (laughs) Awareness is key. I, yeah, I, I'm I I'm like we're friends, so you can text me anytime you want to. And I and I mean not that I have not asked you questions. Like I completely freaked out. I was on this Enneagram three panel, and here's me being a three, you know, mentioning something that I did, just like a three does. Um, and I was completely freaked out about the subtype, and I was feeling so much shame, and so I reached out to you. So I feel like that's how I'm not your therapist. I'm also telling you my problems. So there you go. All right. Well, that one example versus my hundred. Yeah. That makes, (laughs) I feel a little bit more balanced about it. So (laughs) totally. (laughs) I, I want to just answer that same question because it has been like a year of exponential growth because of this. I think Uh, that's how I felt like the first year we really started digging into Enneagram and like, Whoa, just so much awareness and so many things making sense, you know? And that's how you just know it's a good tool because it's so applicable in so many situations. And um, just in my own family, I have literally like not certified, barely read two books. And I'm like walking my kids through IFS experiences because they're triggered about something or there's a lot, you know, something is coming up and it's like, wow, I wish I would have even had this as a parenting tool earlier. Uh, And probably I could have gotten more curious about things instead of shaming them for bad behavior that really was rooted in some other, you know, form. And uh, my own siblings, I think um, my two brothers and my sister have called me all grown adults since we've been talking about all this because of something. My sisters-in-law, you know, have done that. We've got friends who've done that. Megan and I constantly were talking through this stuff. My husband and I, I'm like, how did I exist and resolve anything? before I knew internal family systems. It's just beautiful. 
Yeah, it is. And I, I love what you guys are saying. And I completely agree that it is, it feels natural. Like we already talked in this language. We already talked in a part of me, this, a part of me, that. And I, I don't sort of don't understand this tension or I don't understand my child's behavior, you know, because a part of of them are just so kind and sweet. And then it's the other part of them is yelling at me and, you know, acting like such a jerk. And um, so, you know, it sort of already we either talked in that language or thought in that way, but just didn't know we were doing that. Um, mm-hmm. So this really puts like, oh, this is what we've been doing all along. And I completely agree. It's the same thing with the Enneagram. And you guys know that I love both of these systems. They're my favorite things and they work so well together. And I think that just also really just deepens that they both have so much truth to them because they both are telling me the same thing. Yeah. Um, they both tell They both tell me the same thing about me. So good been amazing. Yeah. I was likening the Enneagram to kind of the, the map where we start and we can sort of look at ourselves. And then the IFS is kind of like, it shows you where to go. It's like, it shows you which roads on the map to walk forward. And so they're, they're not, they don't counteract each other. Like you said, like they work so nicely together and they're saying the same thing. So because they're like, oh gosh, what's the word when they are proving each other? What's there's like a scientific word for that. It feels like a math word. I'm not sure I would know. I don't know. Let's not try to think of math or science words, but it is. It's like, because they prove each other true is why they're true. Yeah. And yeah. I love that. Um, well, and I think, um, and I've heard this and of course I'm totally biased about this, but like IFS doesn't need the Enneagram really. Like we could figure out our parts. We could get right. to know our parts. Um, but the Enneagram, don't get mad at me. The Enneagram needs IFS because I can get to know, I can be like, okay, I can read. So I'm a type three. So I can read the type three profile. I can say, oh my gosh, that's so me. I can notice the parts of me that are embarrassed or shame, critical of that parts of me that really resonate. I can notice all of that. And that's fascinating. Um, but then when I bring IFS into that, now I, I can do something about that. Like, yeah. And not that there's anything that needs to be done, but I can... IFS lets me know that I can then have a relationship with those parts of me that make up my type. So there are parts of me that make up my type, parts in my three and my wings, my two and my four, and then my connected points, nine and six. If I look at those, I can look, I can name parts. Okay. I can grab some from the nine, some from the six, three, two, and four, and I can really map out, okay, this really looks like my personality this really looks like me. And then I can almost imagine having some space between that map and me, because those are my parts. Like, oh, okay, here's my personality structure. Here's the parts of me that really run my world. And then there's me and there's space between me and them. I can send them some appreciation. I can send them some love. I can send them lots of curiosity about why they do what they do, why they tell me what they tell me, why they interact the way they interact. And then I can get to know them. And now I've got some, some, I've got some, something to work with here. I think you really nailed it. I think IFS is the real healing work, but the beauty that Enneagram brings to it, like you're saying, is that awareness piece. Um, it's a really good starting point, right? It, it removes the shame. That's what we've always said about the Enneagram. If we go, why am I the way that I am? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I feel this way. Nobody else ever feels this way. And then you find out that every other four in the whole world feels that way. It just removes some of the shame component of that. And I think that's what it's bringing even to IFS language. Like 
yeah, you can do IFS work without the Enneagram and identify parts. But if the Enneagram is the starting point for those parts, it remove you get the distance like you're talking about, like you're seeing it at a distance rather than going, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Yeah. And then the, what's wrong with me is a part, right? Like what's the wrong with me with, you know, what's wrong with me? Why do I act the way that I do? What's, you know, all that stuff is sort of like, um, that's a part. Um, the other thing too is, um, so this is what's happening for me in real time is I am having, I'm noticing really busy, very manicky parts. And so, because I know that I'm a three, I'm very well aware that there must be something emotional that I'm running from, or there's something going on, right? There's, it's not just, and it could be, it could be lots of factors. It could be the moon and hormones and lots of factors, but I know because of my type structure that something's going on. And so then I can take that awareness that you're saying that the Enneagram gives me, and then I can use the IFS protocol to get to know this busyness, this busy part of me. All right. So I'm, I'm getting some separation between this busyness that's driving me a little bit mad right now. Can I get to know that busy part? What is it afraid would happen if I wasn't so busy? So the other day, Sunday, I, my son and I were going skiing and I was like, okay, I'm not going to do any work today. I was laying in bed and I was like, I am not going to work today. I asked this part. I said that you have been so busy. I have been so busy. Can you just soften a little bit? Just let me enjoy this day. Just soften a little bit. So, I, And I'm not going to work. I'm not going to check my email. I'm not going to write a list. I'm just going to enjoy the day. And guess what? I cried all day. And I was like, why am I crying? I cried all day. And I felt this like fragile tenderness. I'm like sort of pointing to my heart all day. I felt this fragile tenderness and I kind of got a chuckle and I'm like, okay, busy part. You're proving your point, right? You're proving your point that it's like, okay, this busy part's like, okay, I'll give you some space. But what I'm protecting you from is all these big feelings. And so I'm going to move away. And then what you're going to be left with is this part that's got some big, big feelings and is super really, is really tender. And I'm like, that is, that is my profile. That is a type three right there. And I'm like, okay. So, so, so instead of being freaked out about that, or instead of being like, oh my gosh, I need medicine. What is going on with me? I'm a mess. Da, 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 da. I was like, the Enneagram tells me why that's happening. Yeah. That's so cool. That exact example is something I'm going to share with one of my daughters who is a type three because she's in college now, but every day I'm getting one of those calls every other day. It's like, I'm conquering the world today or I'm all in my feels. And that's so beautiful because it's just, yes, let's expect this and get to know them and get curious about why they're doing what they're doing. That's so cool. Yeah. And then I think IFS also brings the idea that I'm not just my parts, right? I'm mm-hmm. not just that, that type. I'm not yeah. just the busy and then the emotional there is me and that's the authentic self or the true self. And so I, and I'm kind of leaning back in my chair, I then can get to know the busy and get to know the emotional or that sensitive yeah. and, or vulnerable. Like I can be there and have both of those parts instead of sort of looking and interacting with each other. I can have them look and interact with me And then that's when we can have some healing and some calmness and some clarity and compassion. I think you um, gave us a really great example of what we're wanting you to share with our listeners today on a kind of meta level. If we pull back and look at all nine of the types, they all, every type has their wings. 
So those are the numbers on each side. And even if you took a test listener and it said you were a five wing four, you also have a six wing. It is still there. You know, it is still something you draw on, maybe not as heavily as the other, but you know, it, it's, it's a potential um, way to engage with the world. If you maybe are feeling like you don't have what you need within your type or, or your normal strategies. Okay. So we all have these wings and then you reference the lines. And so we have done some episodes on those, but I don't know if everyone would quickly be able to know what theirs is. Um, Megan, could you just explain those lines really quickly? Yeah, every number on the Enneagram is connected to two other numbers by their lines. And we refer to them as stress lines and security lines. I know not every Enneagram tradition necessarily calls them that. Um, but we don't think that you always go to your stress number and get the bad behaviors or go to your security number and get the good behaviors. We believe you can access the high side and the low side of both of those when you can make a volitional choice about how you're accessing those connecting points. So, okay. Beautiful. So- and I, yeah. And so you think about that, what you just said, right? Like, so those are parts where so I have parts in the high end, high side and low side of nine and high side and low side of six. And so I, in my true self can access both of those when I need to. Mm-hmm. And as a three, then you can access both the high side and low side of your two and your four wings, whether you frequently pull on them or not, doesn't really matter at that point. You have access points to them. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to just kind of use that as like this beautiful little quick overlay for people to start to identify some things that they might already know about themselves because they understand Enneagram and their type. And just like you said, you gave us an example of how then to move into that with IFS language. So you, if, could you just flesh that out a little bit more? If you're teaching some of us, like we don't know anything about what, where to start. So I think most of our listeners are well-versed in Enneagram. So if they are a two, um, they're going to go to eight or four, right. In their lines. And then of course they have their one and three wings. So just give us some teaching on that a little bit, just break it down for all of us who are new to this. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I did a breakdown wrap. That was my breakdown wrap nonverbal cue. Um, yeah. So, so if I'm a two, then I want to first be really curious about how does that two show up in my life? What does that helping look like? Like, what does it look like, feel like, sound like when I am really in my two, when the, when, when I've got the, the hooks of two or the hold of two, um, you know, really in me. So I'm going to sort of deepen that before I go to my wings and my connected points, I'm really going to be like, what is, what does that two look like in me? And maybe write that down. I write like when I'm helping and I'm, you know, insisting on my helping and then I'm feeling resentful that no one else helps me and I help everybody else. And, you know, what does that feel like, sound like, but what does that look like? And I really want to get to know that. Like, what is, what does a two look like in me? And then I want to begin to imagine, okay, those are parts of me parts of me that want to help, parts of me that like helping, parts of me that get my identity from being a good helper, parts of me are proud of that, parts of me that don't like it, parts of me that are resentful that no one does that for me. So can I just sort of start, instead of thinking of them as like um, identities or symptoms, we probably don't use that word in, in Enneagram terms, symptoms of a two, yeah. but like, so if I, if I descriptors, so instead of thinking of the descriptors, mm. I want you to think about it as parts. So what about the two structure 
are, would be what I identify with. And then how can I name, how can I think of those as parts of me that really feel like me? Like, so not everything about a three, I'm not, I don't identify with everything like a three, um, but there are definitely things I do. And so if I'm the two, I'm going to write down a couple of things about two that I really identify with. And then I'm going to be like, okay, these are parts of me. Um, and I like to write, I like to write stuff down and I like to write like a P with a circle, right? So the part that likes helping, the part that hates that, the part that's sort of P circle and just write some of the stuff down. Then I'm going to go over to one and I'm going to look at sort of critics, critics in me, perfectionism in me, things that I think are right, things that I think are wrong, you know, all of the oneness. What's, what's one about me? Okay. And then can that be parts, parts of me that show up? And so look at the one, do the same thing, descriptors of one and write that down. Those are parts of me too. And then what about the three? There are things about the three that I could write down. Those are parts of me. And the same thing with all the connected points. So all those things, but I really, I think I just focus on the two, to be honest with you, yeah. without getting complicated with all the other, all the other um, types. Um, and then I want you to think about, okay, when you look at that, almost taking that piece of paper that you just wrote those parts down with those type descriptors, take that piece of paper and hold it out a little bit and imagine that there's, there's you, and then there are these parts of you, and then there's space. Tell me what happens when you look at those parts. How do you feel towards, this is a great IFS question. How do you feel towards those parts of you that really run your life or drive the bus a lot? Because those mm -hmm. are the ones that drive the bus a lot. So as I look at that piece of paper, how do I feel towards those parts of me? And then I might add that to the paper too. So there's going to be more distance, more space between the parts of me that I'm identifying with my Enneagram and me. And so then I'm just going to notice, can I be a little bit curious? So we identify self or the authentic self or your true self or divine self, however word you want to use that as with C qualities. So calm, compassionate, curious, connected, um, clear-minded. And so can I feel one of those C qualities towards the type descriptions that I'm really identifying with? And then maybe if I just ask those parts of me, can they tell me more about why they do what they do? Where did they learn to do what they do? What are they afraid would happen if they didn't do what they did? Mm. And so can I just be curious and ask those questions? Those are some, some of the key questions that we ask in the IFS world, right? We ask our parts with curiosity from a place of self, you know, tell me about yourself. I'm repeating myself. I do that sometimes. Tell me about yourself. What do you want me to know? You know, what are you afraid would happen if you didn't do what you did? Um, how are you trying to help me? What's your positive intention for me? Even the parts that we don't like, right? The parts that criticize. We all, all the types have critics, but we know that that they hang out in one. And so, you know, the part that really beats me up and treats me really bad and tells me that I suck and I'm a failure, you know, can I, that part, has a positive intention. That's what IFS tells us. All parts have, they're all protective or need protecting and they all have positive intention. So the part of me that, that I don't like, and I ask it with curiosity and compassion, how are you trying to help me? What is your positive and good intention for me? So that's, that is a starting place, but you will get a lot of information just by doing that. I want to go back to something you said at the beginning there, because I think it's a reason why some people struggle to find their Enneagram numbers and then get stuck doing some of this work. You said like specifically for a two, but this could really apply to all the numbers and what they're looking at. 
you said there's a part of it too that really like wants to help people, but there might also be a part of it too that really doesn't like that they always want to help people. And so whichever part is driving the bus at the time that they're learning about themselves, they might not recognize that they actually want, they're being driven to help people because maybe the part that has the feeling of, I don't like doing that is stronger at the time is screaming louder. So I think it's really good that we see, it's not about the feeling of whatever that part is. It's about what is the driving behind it to find, first of all, your Enneagram number, but then to to recognize that you have warring parts of yourself within yourself. Yeah, definitely. So, right. Like, so I, um, yeah, I mean, I, as a three, you know, I have parts that are very busy and successful and blah, 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 whatever that means. But but right, there are plenty of times where I don't feel successful at all. And I've, and, and I want to just go to the beach and do nothing and read a book. And so, yeah, if I'm in that, like, if you ask me in July, you know, to type, I'm going to hang out at nine. I'm going to be like, I could care less what anybody's doing. And I do. I mean, it's very hard for me to be productive at all in the summer, but I know this about myself and I don't even, I don't attempt to. So, but I think that's really right. That there's like what, what parts are driving the bus. And then if you're going to take a test, then, you know, who is taking that test? Just kind of like, sometimes we say like, what part of you is picking that friendship or what part of you is picking that relationship? You know, what part of you is speaking right now? Um, So what part of you is taking the Enneagram test? Oh, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the other thing you say, and I can speak to this now is the idea that our parts um, like, so my nine to kind of, again, take kind of a broader view. So in internal family systems, it really is an inner, inner family. So just like an outer family, if you have, you know, a typical like mom, dad, boy, girl, dog, white picket fence, let's just say. And so they all have like a family dance, right? Like there's going to be, dad's going to do something and mom's going to react. The son's going to react. The dog's going to react. The dog's going to react. Like everyone is going to, there is a dance, right? One person does something, or even the son, right? The son does something. Everyone dance has this dance around what one part of the family does. So externally that happens. We know that the same thing. And this is what Dick Schwartz figured out is the same thing happens inside of us. So if we take that same idea with the Enneagram, so there's a part, so there's a three, let's say just sort of three that's busy, busy, busy. And that's my three. Well, my nine, and I'm just going to do some stereotypes and broad strokes here. My nine who really just wants me to rest and just stop for the love of God, would you please just stop already? Like that and the three that wants to be busy, they can be what we call polarized, So it's like full stop or full go. And that can, and so if you kind of, if I look at me sometimes, I can feel that there's either a full stop or a full go. And those parts might might not like each other at all, right? There can be sort of that, like we talked earlier before we, before we start recording, they can be sort of like the siblings, right? That are just like, like, so the same thing can happen with our type. Like we really look at like my three reacts to my nine, my nine reacts to my three. So I can, I think I talk about this in my book. I can be laying in bed and I do not want to get up. So it's like my nine is like, no, please don't get up. Cause I know as soon as you get up, that three is waiting (laughs) at the door and you're not going to stop moving until I convince you to stop moving at 8 PM at 8 PM. But we're going to stay in bed as long as possible. So that's what happens is they sort of, 
they all just react to each other. And then your six comes in like, Hey, everybody, let's figure out how to come together on this. (laughs) Yes. Let's get along or completely freak out and be anxious. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. I love that description of like these siblings that are fighting. So um, you've made a, a really good distinction for us though, to understand the point of IFS is to separate yourself from those parts, to recognize that yourself can lead them. And so if, if not, there's a lot of internal dialogue fighting. and fighting and quarreling amongst these parts of ourselves. I think a lot of us go into January resolutions with the most clear part that's like going to make things happen, you know, and what, what always dissolves that are these other warring parts. Like I'm going to get up early to exercise, but that nine is like, boy, we could stay in bed a little bit longer too, because I know what happens when you get up, you start tasking and we both know you're not going to exercise anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love that idea though. Like let's parent these parts of ourselves from a place of compassion and curiosity and clear clarity, you know, to move forward in a way that's healthy instead of just letting all of this rivalry happen. Yeah. I love that. What happens is if we just, and this is what happens and it happens in the IFS world too. We get so focused on parts right? That, that I'm thinking of my three part, my nine part that I forget that I'm here too. So it's mm-hmm. not just my nine being in bed saying, stay in bed. And my three being at the door being like, let's go, let's go. today. It's not just the nine and the three. I am here and I'm the parent. I'm the attachment figure. I am the adult. I am here and I can listen to the nine and I can say, Hey, sweetie, I totally hear that. And I know rest is important. And, you know, I'm going to honor what you're saying and I'm going to, you know, here's other times we're going to be able to rest today. And Hey, three, like I adore you and you help us get so much stuff done, but we're going to turn that down to about an eight today. We're not going to operate at a 10. Um, or you know what, we're going to operate at an eight, but there is going to be a moment where we need to get a lot of stuff done, or I'm just going to let you write a list. Like I'm going to talk to you and we're going to negotiate a little bit. So no one's right or wrong. I'm going to listen. I'm going to honor. And I mean, but I doesn't mean I have to do what you have. You know, I'm not going to stay in bed. I'm not going to go hundred miles an hour, but I'm going to decide my nine isn't going to decide. My six isn't going to decide. My three isn't going to, my two and four, the, those parts of me are not deciding. They're giving me information and then I'm deciding. That sounds like a healthy, balanced way to live. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that's how I live every second of the day. I wish I'm self-led. I am, I am full of self energy and I'm self-led 24 <laughs> seven. That sounds like a part. <laughs> For sure. It's Just, dangerous to know this much though. You know, it's like, okay, I, I got to do some stuff with the, some of this, but um, but that's also a part of me that's like, uh-huh. you're not doing this good enough, you know? So I have to let her be heard and then remind her that I don't have to do it perfectly to start practicing it. Exactly. And there can be just a little bit of, we call it befriending, right? I can be a little, just a little bit of a friending and a little bit of unblending. There's, um, there's a book that I work with, with a friend of mine, um, Kim Smith, and it's a, it's just a, it's a journal called, um, befriend and unblend. Cause that's what we're really doing. We're unblending me from type me from my nine, me from my three, me from my six, me from my two, me from my four. I'm unblending. So there's a space between me and them. And then I'm listening, I'm honoring, I'm friending, I'm getting to know. And so that's important, right? I'm unblending me from type, 
me from part. And then I'm getting to know and befriending. And then the other big thing in IFS, and we haven't really talked about this, is is really getting to know. So this is just protectors. These are this is my protective system, right. which is highly important and we love them. And so this is my protective system. But then once I can unblend, have a little more self-energy, I can befriend, get to know, and then I can say, who inside are you protecting? Yeah. And who is that little girl that is so close to the surface that I was teary all day during the ski trip? Who, mm-hmm. who is that? And I want to get to know that because that's the little girl who needs some healing in me. And, yeah. and I can go to her my true self and go to her and give her what she needs. And that's, you know, obviously a, um, a bigger process. Um, but that really is, that's really the goal is to get to know these protectives as this protective parts and system, and then get to know who they're protecting. Would you say that our protective parts are the ones found in like those five access points that we talked about, our core type, our wings and our lines, but then those exiled parts of us, are those pretty much solidly in our core type? Um, I don't know, number one, but I would say yes, because when I think about um, when you look at the three, um, I I think I th- I'm going to make this. I'm going to say this. I don't know if this is right or not, but I think that for threes, you know, the exiles that we find in threes are about not being seen, right? Mm -hmm. These parts that haven't been seen, I identify, and I think most threes will with the not being seen exile um, versus like the nine or the six. I don't identify super strongly with either one of those. So I definitely think that's such a good question. I think that we're going to find that in our core type more than the other ones. I think that's the reason why people choose that type because we say stop focusing on your behaviors, which are more like those managers and protectors and focus on your motivations, your core longings and fears, right? And that childhood wound. Fears are where the wounds are. Yes. Yeah. So that's where exile is going to be. So doesn't it make sense though, that our systems are going to use whatever they have access to, to protect those childhood wounds, which we in IFS world called the exiles. So they've been exiled away because they're really big feelings and we're worried or our protectors are worried that we're going to be flooded by them. So we exile them away. We put them in the basement, we shove them away. And then anything we can grab onto, and I'm grabbing onto my connected points and I'm grabbing onto my wings there. Everyone's coming together to try to help protect me from those big feelings and the big energy of those childhood wounds and the exiled parts. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I kind of want to go back to the Instagram series I just did on this and add in a few of those childhood exiles for each part, because I think that is the key to understanding what, what is our Enneagram number then too. Right. Um, and I don't know if we've even said it so far that we've been recording, but we're titling this episode and the rest of the series that we're doing constellation of parts, which I 100% just completely stole from you and Joan Ryan, because you use that language and it's what you're describing. It's this constellation of our, our exiles are found in our core numbers, but then we have our number, our wings and our lines as our protectors and managers and firefighters. Like we can like see the constellation that is all working together to, to exist within us. But then we can, like you said, pull it out and get distance from it to see it. So yeah, I just wanted to throw that phrase in there that I stole from you. Yes. No, it's great. It's great. And it's a great phrase. <laughs> I think it's definitely, I think it's definitely Jones phrase. Um, but no, I think that that makes sense because we like the idea of mapping, right? Constellation is also a map. And mm-hmm. so the Enneagram is a map. And so um, we look at our parts 
and, and even in therapy sessions, you know, I'm mapping, if I'm with a client or even doing my own work in therapy, I'm mapping parts, you know, who's here, who's interacting with that, that part, sort of that family, how's the interactions going? And then what are they trying to protect me from? Who, who is, who is, who is needing protection? Um, and especially if you look at the centers, right? If you look at two, three, four, um, around, which is around grief, right? Like, so like that, is that right? Grief or like abandonment stuff? Like you're getting, yeah. grief and abandonment I mean, we haven't stuff. used, we haven't gotten into that much on the podcast, but yeah, I would agree with you. That's like the melancholy of that. Triad. Like they're the triad that in their feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the exiles there in that triad are going to, that's what they're, there's going to be a lot of abandonment wounds, a lot of grief. Um, just like I think for, I'm, not, I'm doing this off the cuff, but I think of like for five, six and seven, it's fear. Right. And then for eight, nine and one, I think it's, is it anger? anger? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that if you look at that, then you're going to see, it's a good way of typing yourself. First of all, good way of typing yourself, sort of what, where you're going to find yourself. But then I think a lot of your, that's where you're really going to see a lot of your core woundedness and your exiles. Um, they're going to have those themes. So also think of like, in terms of like themes and sort of themes of exiles, because often you'll have themes of exiles. A lot of my exiles are around, um, not being seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the I grief, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of grief and a lot of abandonment. Yeah. Perceived, Sh- perceived though. I don't know that that's of actually. <laughs> I think right, shame but. is the word we would normally put instead of grief there for that heart triad, just to throw that back to our listeners. So they hear that, but, um, but I would agree. I've seen it worded as grief before as well. Um, in terms of the constellation, I think what is so nuanced about both of these systems, especially how they play together is that we don't like you as a three, you don't have just one nine part. You don't have just once, you have a constellation, literally a constellation. And um, last week we did an episode on stance work. And as a four, I'm in the withdrawing stance and I was doing some IFS work the other night on my own. And I was like, I don't know why I need to deal with this part. I've already dealt with it. Like, I know there's a part of me that goes and hides. I know that about myself. I'm in the withdrawing stance. I go and hide. I've already dealt with her. She's good. And then I felt like there was this moment and like, I mean, I do this in like imaginative prayer. So I felt like there was this moment where God was like, you know, there's also a part of you that just kind of freezes and you may not be withdrawing it, but you're, you just stop. And so then I had to be like, oh, that's another part of how I withdraw is I just don't engage then. Like I withdraw into myself, even if I'm not actively running and hiding. And so it was just another part that I had to kind of talk to and work with in that same constellation, right? Like it was literally attached to that same star of hiding, Um, but it's, it's just another part. And so I think there's a, first of all, a danger in going, oh, I've already dealt with that part. I'm, you know, I've already, I'm already good, but there's so many parts that work together all the time. And we just are never going to be finished uncovering them. A hundred percent. Right. Like I don't have one, three, one, nine, one, six, one, two, one, four, a hundred percent. And we don't really stop doing the work because even if I've done, I mean, I'm still like, even like I'm saying, like I've done a lot of therapy, I've unburdened a lot of parts and something's going, I mean, I have some ideas what's going on, but like something's going on because these, these main, my main drivers are up right now. Right. Like, so it's not like I've never worked with my busy part before, right. It's not like I've never unburdened that before, but something's going on with me. And so they're, they're back. They've got more to say and that's okay. And there's going to be, we sometimes will say it's sort of like a diamond, like there's different sort of like we might unburden, unburden apart, but then there's going to be other, other aspects or something about that, that 
other points that need to sort of just more attention and more something else from us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, one of the words I've heard you use too, is like a cluster. So the constellation is like this larger mapping of it, but then there's this cluster of parts that they really stick together (laughs) and there's a lot of them in that area for me, anger, resentment, there's quite a few little parts, uh, connected there. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'll say, right. This is sort of a, a parts twin or parts like a cousin or sort of the same, the same, um, same part, a different side of it. Yeah. Um, so, but I, you know, some of that stuff, it doesn't matter, right. We're just going to bring some curiosity. It's when it matters as we have a part that says I've already found 10 parts. That's all I want to have. And I, it needs to be done because I, I found 10 and that's it. <laughs> Me, I'm up to like 35 and I'm like, so when I hit 50, am I good? Like, am I done? <laughs> Turns out no. <laughs> no, because then you keep going back to those, right? So, uh, so you get 50 and then you keep going back to them or you keep going and yeah. Well, it, yeah. These, things have been operating. These parts of us have been operating for decades. And so there's some really very heavily grooved ruts in our brain to immediately think certain ways about something. So I don't think just addressing something once gives us all new ways of thinking, you know, it's just, it doesn't work that way with any other kind of muscle memory or whatever. So that part, and it's still part of us. So giving it, even integrating it with a new role, like that manager can have a new role well, she's got to practice that for a bit because she's been practicing this other role for a long time. You know, I don't know that anything just switches because we've addressed it. So that's the ongoing work. I don't know that we'll ever get away from. Yeah. And, and I I love the idea. We will talk about trailheads. Like, so it can be a trailhead when you're like, oh, like I I have 35 parts. I don't want any more parts. Like that could be a trailhead. But the idea too, if you think of a family dance, if the, if the way we work, you know, is dad comes home, mom, you know, immediately serves dinner and brother comes out and sister comes out. And, you know, this is sort of the family dance. This is what we do. Um, Apparently all my stories take place in the 1950s. (laughs) That's what we do. mom's wearing an apron. I mean, I don't know. I don't have an apron. I don't, but maybe I'll get, I don't know. But anyway, so um, I'm like, when you order delivery, you don't need an apron. So if, but if that's the way that, if that's the way the family dance has always been, and then someone changes it, right? Like, so you're saying, right, I heal a part, I unburden a part, I even befriend a part. So there's a shift in my system. So other parts then have to get used to this dance, right? Mm. This sort of shift in my system that like, we don't operate that. We don't operate that way anymore. And so, yeah, it does take some practice. And so what we'll say is when you work with, if you, un, and we're not talking about this right now, but if we, if you unburden a part, you need to check in with that part every day. How is it doing? What's going on? And this is why like a daily parts meditation practice thing is really helpful. It's hard for us to do, of course, but just really checking inside and checking with our systems, because if there has been some shift, we need to be reminded and kind of reminded that there's a new dance and there's a new shift. Um, And so, you know, and I think that's, that's hard for us to, I mean, it's hard for me to do. And I do this, you know, I do it every day, but it's still hard for me to just sort of check inside and be like, what's, you know, just how's everybody doing in there? What's, What's their, what's the need or, um, yeah. That's really good. That's good. I don't think I had thought of it so proactively. I'm a little more still in the reactive, like, oh, something's triggered what's going on. Uh, but maybe for some of those parts, I could continue the healing and being present to lead myself by, I mean, I wouldn't just let my kids stay in their room for 24 hours and never see what's going on in there, you know? So if I'm parenting these parts, I probably need to check in with them. Beautiful. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I say uh, the daily parts meditation practice. And there's a book, there's a book by Michelle Glass with that title. Um, mm -hmm. And she gives you all kinds of ideas around checking in with your parts. Um, but there's meditations to do that. And there's center the app that does that too. So there's, there's different ways to do it. Um, and you, even if you spent five minutes just in the morning, just going and we call it going inside, going inside, sort of checking who's here. Um, sometimes when I'm driving, I'll just be like, all right, who's here? What's going on? You know, who, who has something to say to me, you know, cause I'm a three. So I'm like, hurry up, <laughs> <laughs> spit it out. <laughs> you got five minutes. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Those are some really practical tools and steps that I think we can implement. It's awesome. Yeah. This conversation, like I didn't. I don't know. I was like, this is kind of an introduction to our new series. I didn't expect to learn so many new things and I, I, I could keep talking, but I'm, I'm sure my one counterpart over there has a timer going and knows that it's about time to wrap it up. So I just want to encourage everyone who's listening to this to check in for the next nine weeks, because we're going to have someone of each Enneagram type come on and talk about their constellation of parts. So you'll be able to find yourself in one of those conversations and, and relate to that. So Tammy, thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. It's so fun to talk to you. And uh, I adore you. Keep the text coming. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about the series. I'm excited about what you guys do. I just think it's such a gift. Thank you. And thank you for just everything you taught us over the past year so far. We are indebted to our personal growth of 2022 because of the work that you did and we were able to connect with. So our listeners need to go find you, listen to you, read you, all of those things. We'll, we'll yeah, have I will. Week. I'll link to all of it, but it's the one inside podcast and it is fantastic. So yep. thank, you, thank so you so much. much. That means a lot to me. Thanks. And that wraps up another episode of the Dauntless Grace Exchange. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a review so other people can find us. You can follow us on social media to stay connected. We're on Instagram at Dauntless Grace Ministries and our Facebook page is Dauntless Grace. For more about the Enneagram, visit our website at dauntlessgrace.org for coaching and training opportunities. And you can follow me at Enneagram Megan on Instagram. And be sure to check out our website for more information about today's podcast. Plus, you can click the resources tab to find books by all the authors we've spoken to or about. And you can find it at dauntlessgrace.org.